0: What is up, guys? Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Bleeding BNG Um podcast. Guys, I know, I know it's been a while. Your boy Stunner had to go on summer vacation, man. Mm-hmm. But I'm back. It is football season. We are about three days away. I think it's two now. What you think, Rio? It's about two days away from training yeah. camp, right? Two days away. It's time, brother. Two days away from training camp. So football season is here. So I promise to not leave you guys ever again. Until maybe next summer. But we're back with another five episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast. And as you heard, that voice that I was just speaking to, we have the man, the myth, the legend. We have Rio Robinson from the Rambling About Rio YouTube channel. Um, Ready to talk some football. Y'all know this is my guy. Uh, So we're ready to get into the nitty gritty. You know, you're going to get some raw, uncut, unfiltered And you're going to get the truth about the Washington Commanders. So hopefully you guys are excited about this episode. But like I said, episode 59. Rio, how you feeling, man? Hey,
1: London Fletcher episode. We in there, man. We starting camp this week. It's hot as hell, but it's supposed to rain all week. Hopefully we don't get rained out at camp. Man, you about to be the only ones up there. Absolutely. London Fletcher episode. That's what I was looking for. I was thinking like...
0: I can't believe it. I missed out. London Fletcher. I was like, "Who are number 59s in Washington?" Iron Four. Man. And then I missed out on the Iron Man. Silly me. But man, what are you looking forward to in camp? Man, you know, we were there at the mandatory mini camp. We saw a lot of things. You know, I got in trouble for you know dropping some some
1: info, <laughs> dropping some knowledge. But what are you most excited for going into training camp? Bro, I want to see. I want to see the offense, man. I want to see. Are we letting it fly? I want to see a healthy Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, and Terry McLaurin all stretching the field and Carson layering the ball. Everything on the offensive side hinges on whether Carson Wentz returns to form here. And this is the best array of talent around him I believe we've seen in his career. So there's no excuses on his end. I wanna see the offense, man. I already know what the defense has. They need to get their stuff together on that side. Mag and Jack need to get them right. But the offense, 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 that's what I'm looking for, man. Absolutely, and I'm I'm gonna tag along here. I'm actually excited to see
0: one portion of the offense um, in particular, and that's Antonio Gibson. If you can remember, you know, we spent all the training camp last year and you were there a little before me, um, but I remember uh, the first time I was down there was at that night practice, and I was like, "Whoa!" And it was kind of like, like I don't know if it was because you know he was standing next to Jared Patterson, who's not the biggest NFL player by any means. He's actually pretty diminutive. Mm-hmm. But if you can remember, I was like, "Whoa, Gibson looks huge!" Like, and that was our first time ever seeing him in person. But then later in training camp, I was like, eh, it, "Yeah, he's big, but it doesn't necessarily look like he's put on good weight." Like he's kinda he's kinda kind of chubby. He's kind of kinda thick. And you know, I was reporting that or or you know, giving my gems and my tweets um back in training camp last year. And I and I'll I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And no shade because I love John Kahn. He does an amazing job. But it was one day when I was talking about how Gibson given uh Gibson didn't look as explosive. Um and you know, he was dealing with the toe injury and things like that. So I was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt. But then John Kahn was like, Gibson just broke off this 20-yard run, and I'm like, are my eyes Deceiving me, and I kind of like did my victory lap when you know a couple months ago when they were doing an interview in the off season, He said he felt like he had to lose ten pounds. So how you feel about how you feel you about the
1: first, you were the first one on that too? Yeah, you were the first one. You said that in the group chat like when we were at camp in Richmond, ten toes down in Richmond last year. I was like, like, yeah, he looks hefty because, you know,
0: I know, you know, I know Jared and I know how big Jared is. So I I didn't want to put it on a scale to scale basis because Jared's not big by any means. But he coming over, I'm talking about he looking like he about 240, got a little gut with him and everything. And like I said, it was just reports coming out of camp um, saying that he was explosive. And it's just things that I didn't necessarily see.
1: So how do you feel about Antonio Gibson's prospects going into camp? I feel good. He got down what about 12, 15 pounds, man? Um, he's he I want to see him more spry. Like he this is a dude who has a receiver coming out of Memphis who ran a four-three. We ain't seen that four three speed on the field yet, except for that one play where he broke the screen pass versus Buffalo. That was about the only time we've seen him at a four-three speed, and on top of that. I want to see if the vision has improved because he leaves a lot to be desire and yards on the field a lot. If his if, in year three as a full-time running back is the clock starting to tick a little faster for him. So he could be more decisive because this is a dude who can run for 13, 1400 yards. If he didn't leave so much gaps and, and, and yards on the field. So I'm, and I'm excited to see if, the rookie we brought in pushes him because if he starts putting that ball on the ground, we got a boy out of Alabama, Ken Folk, Brian Robinson, who's ready to get on that field and be a bell cow. So I'm excited to see what Gibson does in year three. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I'll touch base on that with Brian Robinson. I put it out there, um, speaking how you were talking about how the type of player Antonio Gibson was in Memphis. And with him being slimmed down, like you said, about 12 to 15 pounds. I put the flyer out there Um, because it seems like a lot of fans don't remember he was the nation's best kick returner in the country. Right. Um, we haven't. Brian, and we, and we haven't but it, it's other people, other um, yeah, yeah. Um, unlike Zach and things like that. But it just seems like, you know, the lack of exposure he's shown. you know, when I put it out there in the group chat, they were like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, bro, have you seen his kick return highlights?" He was and in respect to Zach, he came back and we're like, nah, Jalen, you're right. If we can ever get him back to that type of player, because, yeah. I mean, I'm not etching Alex Erickson down as, you know, the starting kick returner by any means. If he is that, he'll have to earn it. Um, but another thing that I'm looking for in cap is – uh, and, and I know with, with, you know, the fines coming in the offseason throughout minicamp, that was kind of promising. I may sound a little crazy, of a little psychotic with saying that, But the level of physicality just wasn't there for me in camp last year. I didn't necessarily hear any pads popping. And I know a lot of that comes with the CBA and, you know, the new practice tendencies and the practice methods. Um, But I'm just looking at, I'm looking to have a more, and I know it's coming in hindsight and I didn't necessarily talk about it in the moment, but when you go back and look at early in the season with our struggles with tackling and our struggles with physicality. So I'm just
1: looking to hope to see more practice intensity. How you feel about that? Hell yeah. Practice intensity because, you know, Ron and them are old school and they don't play that lax club J style training camp that we had before. And like you said, with the CBA, the game's getting softer and softer when it comes to these practices. And, you know, we got that $100,000 fine because we had a couple tryhards and OTAs trying oh, to lay the wood. A couple get rich or die trying and hey, They try to make them
0: back into that <laughs> roster.
1: I feel it, though. My man rang Diami's bell. But, man, I want to see him get after it, man. Just keep your hands off the quarterback and stay away from Curtis Samuel. But I want to see dudes flying around. I want to see this defense finally live up to the expectations that fans have had since they were drafted. You got a you got a front seven anchored by four first round picks, premium picks in the draft. You got a linebacker we took with the 19th pick. William Jackson was a first round pick. We got too many first round picks on this defense for them to underachieve or regress another time and Jack got to be on his last legs on this defense because he hasn't he hasn't done anything significant yet since he's been here and it's like since denver he hasn't been in his bag as a defensive coordinator i don't want to see lax soft zone coverage 90 percent of the game i want to see how the defense is flying around at camp and if they're going to set the tone because they should be the tone setters the offense has to work in pieces in chemistry but it's sad that i feel like the offense is going to set the tone despite having all these guys on defense
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%, especially with Jack Del Rio. You know, some of the things he's done in this offseason. He's got to be on his last leg. Like you said, he hasn't even been in his bag since Denver, and he had about four Hall of Famers on that defense. So was it him? Was it the scheme? Or was it the talent level? Um, That's a big question. And, like, one of the highlights for me coming out of training camp last year, I don't know if you remember David Mayo cussing us out at 8 (laughs) a.m. (laughs) <laughs> that shouldn't necessarily be a highlight because I, I should see that intensity every day. And that's what I'm looking for. I know we're only going to be there one um, day as opposed to um, like a week like we were last year. But that's time I just want to look for a consistent intensity, whether that be in the reporting. Um, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Like football season's here and I'm ready to run through a wall and crack some skulls like my man Greg Minuski would say. Hey,
1: man, um, but let's to move fight over. some
0: kneecaps, man. Let's yeah, get absolutely, it. Bro. <laughs> absolutely. Let's move along. Um, to some position battles so i i have a couple here but i want to hear um what are some position battles that you're um interested in or inquiring and in, um
1: going in the training camp before i rattle off some of the things that i'm looking for uh, every wide receiver after the starting three of Terry Dotson and uh, Terry Dotson and Samuel. Mm-hmm. So I want to see what the De'Ami Brown, Cam Sims, Dax Mill, Alex Erickson, I guess, Kelvin Harmon. We'll see. I want to know what that looks like. But I think the best the best camp battle is probably going to be the guard spot with Trey Turner, Wes Schweitzer's big nimble dancing bear ass. And the linebacker position – we got to see something out of Jamin and if there's going to be a veteran in the mix because David Mayo, like you were just talking about, first of all, he gives the best like huddle breakout speeches I've ever heard. My What's man. play lived up to it. He gives Ray Lewis type <laughs> speeches with David Mayo type play. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at the linebacker position. Oh, corner. Are we going to have a number one corner this year? Is it going to be William Jackson? What is St. Juice? fallen and according is- to madden we already have
0: an elite corner in our hands according to madden we got one of the best corners in the nfl like kendall kendall fuller, fuller, according to madden according to madden i don't know who 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 kendall fuller has on the madden madden team on his payroll but
1: according to them we already have our number one yeah, madden's off the juice in a few ways this year bro. i don't know <laughs> what they're doing with the ratings but i'm looking at corner i'm looking at guard and i'm looking at receiver depth as the battles i'm looking for more forward to the most what about you man you you actually knocked off one of my lists um actually the first
0: one on my list was the right guard position mm-hmm. and i know you, you left out one name and i know why you did because you don't like him you don't so like he- him at all you don't like him at all but i think that he has a, a hat in the ring and the reason that i say that is because <laughs> trey turner was just so bad last year right now, uh, now, if this was a lifetime achievement award, this is a guy who Has made all pros. This is a guy who's made Pro Bowls, and this is a guy who's who's done it in the Ron Rivera system and with he's John Mascot, But he getting old. He getting old, and a lot of the a lot of the struggles that I look back, um, it was a video on Twitter of just like um like a three minute cut up of him like picking up stunts and gants uh, and games and things like that. I don't know if you saw it. He just simply didn't have the feet or like the nimbleness mm-hmm. anymore. And I know he's had a couple of injuries. Yeah. So I I, I mean. I know a lot of people want to chalk it up to age, but I think he might have some physical limitations that are there that despite what the age may be, that you may not overcome anymore. Um, like you said, Wes Streicher, he's a big, he's a big nimble dancing bear. Um, and and the thing that I just don't want to go ahead and give Wes the start in spite is because what's, what's cautions me is that Wes has performed every role he's been in, whether that be the left guard, whether that be the center and the right guard, and the team still seems hesitant to give him that you know, that starting role, and he seems to be willing to do whatever, um, but like you said, his Instagram videos are freakish, um, you see some of the things that he's capable of he's doing, wild, he's right. He's, he's rock climbing with like his fingers, like, it, it, like, it, like it, with, with, with straight, straight grip strength, so it's uh, it's demigod type of stuff, but hopefully his play can live up, um, and like you said, Sadiq, um, Doc Walker had me really excited about Sadiq. Um, you know, I've had my skepticism about <laughs> Sadiq as well. I don't see it, bro. <laughs> I, I, I don't, and I haven't seen it. But this is a guy, he's still only 22 years old. Like, that's, that's crazy to think about. I think he may be turning 23 going into the season. And one of the things that has really concerned me is that he seems not athletic enough for the guard position. And I'm trying to figure out how you translate from going from Joe Burrow's blindside protector in the SEC. This ain't no poo-poo. This ain't no, this ain't no intramural football. In Believe. the SEC, at the left tackle position, now you're not looking at athletic enough to play the guard position. So hopefully he can regain that because, like, his play strength and some of the things are there, Uh, but he just has a lot of the brain lapses. So uh, right guard was actually on my list. Second on my list is tight end. So with mm. Logan Thomas actually starting on the PUP, um, who takes over that tight end one role? John Bates. Um, End of the year. Very promising, but he's not as dynamic in the passing game. But I think PFF had him as the highest all-time run blocking uh, tight end for a rookie. Um, So, you know, he's exceptional in that part. But in today's NFL, especially... Especially in that, you know, Air Correale type offense, you need, a, you need a threat in the middle of the field. You need a big tight end. And I think that's why Logan was able to succeed once he entered that scheme, because uh, uh, that scheme is heavily relying on a tight end. Think about going back all the way to the invention of that scheme and like Kellen Winslow Sr. and things mm-hmm. like that um so who takes over that uh tight end one row um are we gonna be running smash mouth football because i see in that scenario john Bates is gonna punch you in your mouth i saw him pancake in Like when i saw him hit that reach block on leonard williams i was like oh my god this guy's a beast but like i said he's just not as dynamic in the run game i think my little sister might be faster than him um but cole turner man i he looked like that. You remember the Apple Jacks commercials with the cinnamon stick? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, when we went out there, he looked like an enlarged version of the cinnamon stick, man, about 6'6", six, six, all limbs, all arm. He's skinny, very skinny. But this dude is a skyscraper.
1: What are your impressions on Cole Turner? Uh, he looks like a dude, bro, like just the hair, everything. He, he looks he looks the part of a featured tight end, bro. His hands look natural. At times, when we watch them at OTAs, you can see a little stiffness there, but you can tell he is 100% a vertical pass catching option. Like he's not gonna put his hand in the dirt and pancake anybody like John Bates. John Bates got that corn fed, like that's boy strength. Yeah, he got that. I'm, <laughs> I, I live logs for a living. Strength but... bears when he was six, mm-hmm. like compete. <laughs> Hell yeah! But Cole Turner, he that's that's one of my man crushes of the off season, man. After watching his tape in Nevada. He's going to be a goal line monster. He's going to eat up the seams and on third downs. I'm excited to see what he brings to camp. He looks like a guy that could eventually be our tight end one. And if Logan missed time, I think we would be best suited if he's the one who ends up corralling the position. Absolutely. And I think about Cole Turner, um, you touched on it.
0: Uh, he did seem a little stiff, but he actually surprised me with some of his his agility in minicamp. You know, um, watching him, um, I didn't really pick up on him in pre-draft, but after we drafted him, he seemed like a chalky route runner. But he see he seemed rather smooth. He um he, he was one of the better route runners in the tight end position in camp and things like that. So I'm I'm very excited to see what he does, and if he can just give me marginal improvement in the in the um run game, like you said, he looks like a dude. He's out there working with uh, Carson Wentz and out there with Terry. So hopefully he's going to pick up some tips from the receivers and things like that um, and start the ground off running. And the last, the last uh, question, I actually posed this as a question rather than a position battle. who plays the Buffalo nickel? Who, who plays the Buffalo nickel? And the reason that I pose this as a question is because we have so many guys that can play that role, or we think they can play that role. You know, Landon Collins was in delusion, but when he played that role last year, he was flying around. He was one of our better players of uh, on the defense. Now, he wasn't worth that $68 million contract that he signed, so he's no longer on the team. Now, me personally... I think that Cam Curl excelled in that role as a as a, um, as a um, rookie. Rookie, rookie. And I think that if you um, place him there back in that role and then run a three safety look with maybe a guy like Percy Butler with that, you know, four three speed playing in the post with a guy like Bobby McCain. I think you can run that three safety look. But the thing that interests me coming out of minicamp is that I think that a lot of reporters said that Benjamin St. Juice was running in that role. Uh, most often um, outside of everybody on the roster. Um, and that that's piqued my interest because this is a 6'3 corner who has great movement skills, and I kind of boxed him in as a boundary corner. But if he can play in the slot and stick his head in the run game, um, I, I I have big hopes for Benjamin State Juice. He looked good last year um, when he wasn't hurt. How do you feel about the Buffalo
1: nickel position going into camp? I would say, but I think the plan is to play Percy Butler there. Like, I don't even think they drafted this guy to develop him. I think they drafted him to plug in there and play and let Cam Curl, who did excel at that in his rookie year. Like you said, Cam Curl just full time at the, at the strong. And, but there's a name you didn't mention. Do you have any expectations for Derek Forrest? Cause you know, they was giving him reps in the off season with the ones Is there any hope there? And you know why I didn't mention him because just
0: like
1: <laughs> Sadiq Charles, I feel that way about Derek Forrest.
0: Like I said, I saw I, preseason last year just scared me. And I know I, you take it with a grain of salt, he was a rookie and things like that. But there's some things that I saw last year that you just can't be doing on the NFL level. Like uh, I think it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, they were in a rollout quarterback was rolling out to the to the right he opened his hips to go chase the direction to the left and you know it's the Ravens game I
1: think it was, oh, the yeah, Ravens the Ravens game. Game was when me and you was in the, the sweet game yeah all 22.
0: <laughs> and you know that stuff I look at as a DB and that just shows me a, an extreme lack of instincts and he's not the most you know physical freak um, of up, nature um, I think he ran like a 4 5 40 and he's not the biggest dude so I mean my prospects on Derrick Forrest are pretty low how about you
1: Yeah, man, it's pretty low, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's three guys, Sadiq Charles, Derek Forrest, and Kalik Hudson, who I have zero expectation of any production coming from those guys. I remember that Ravens game. First of all, we left early, that preseason game. You left before halftime. That jump was – we was in the suites. We were in the suites and we left early. That's how bad (laughs) that game was. We were sitting there like, yo, what is Kalik and Forrest doing, bro? (laughs)
0: True story, guys. True
1: story. Huntley looking like Lamar Jackson Jr. And I don't have any expectations for him. I think Percy Butler is going to take over the Buffalo role, And is St. Juice going to be our primary guy on the inside at cornerback? Because I feel like cornerback is a position we're not talking about enough that really needs to show us something this year. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that, you know, if St. Juice is able to play, we got a lot of big receivers in the NFC East. Um, if you include the tight end, so if this guy is able to line up in the box as a Buffalo Nickel and check, you know, a Dallas Goddard when he needs to, a Blake Jarrett when he needs to, and then step out on the outside and check a Kenny Galladay, I like those prospects, and that gives you uh, multiple disguises that you could uh, give your defense. And hopefully, hopefully, Jack Del Rio isn't as vanilla as he was with that play calling last year with that mad with that mad basic package play calling, mm-hmm. um, XX as soon as you see the screen selection, um, mm-hmm. type of play calling but as we wind through as we go through training camp training camp ultimately leads into preseason games there's only three preseason games this year so what are you most excited to see when the preseason games start you know with the new cba and things like that the ones and the starters don't uh, typically get um, as many reps as they did in the early 2010s and 2000s so what are you most excited to see once the games start
1: first first and
0: foremost
1: we only have one home preseason game this year and mm-hmm. it's the first preseason game of the season. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see us take the field as the commanders for the first time ever. And mm-hmm. that's coming up in less than three weeks, bro. August 13th it's coming up real soon on us. And I'm excited to see Sam Howell versus Matt Corral and how they look in that game. We get that off rip. We're not going to see much of Baker and Wentz, but we should see a whole lot of Corral and Howell whose trajectories and career paths will always be aligned as mm-hmm. they progress through their careers. I'm excited to see if the Sam Howe Diami Brown connection still exists um, during the pre-but great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah man, I'm excited to see that. And I just want to see the rookie class. I think Jamin ass need to get some reps in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I need to see him out there. I need to see his eyes get better. I remember you texted me of uh, 20 minutes into the game in the stadium last year. Last year? year? Like, the Chargers game. Terrible the eyes, bro. He has terrible <laughs> eyes. Like, I'm picking up run
0: plays before. He don't even know where they're going. And then by the time he takes the step that way, he getting pegged. Do you remember how bad the pancakes were to Jamin Davis in that game? <laughs> he was getting murdered. Yo, he Rashad Slater murdered. was picking our souls, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, great minds think alike. But I'm really excited to see that Sam Howard and De'Ami Brown connection. I don't think Washington fans know how good that connection was in the ACC in 2020. And I know it's college football, but... You see it with Joe Burrow and you see it with Jamar Chase. When you keep that relationship and that chemistry going throughout years and years and years, it becomes like pitch and catch seven on seven football. And if and I know a lot of people are skeptic, skeptical about Carson and they, and they show a lot of promise towards Sam Howell. So if your feelings are trending that way, Sam Howell's going to get on the field. He's going to get on the field. And, and you know, Terry's going to do what he does with any quarterback. You know, we Jahan Dotson seems like a receiver-friendly quarterback who runs any type of route, who's going to find an opening in the zone. But if you can add that that chemistry with the Yami Brown to that, whenever Sam Howell takes the field, I think that they could they could start the ground off running. Um, one of the reasons that I take preseason with a grain of salt is I don't know if you remember, it was probably it was even the first, second, or third play of the entire preseason last year. Chase Young hit one of the most beautiful pass rush moves I've ever and seen. And Cam Newton. <laughs> Oh, and guess what? I've never seen yeah, that yeah. shit again. It was never. Nice. I haven't seen that move again. It's almost like he doesn't know. It's almost like he did that on accident. So that's the reason that I, I take preseason with a grain of salt. But I do want to see Federian Mathis. I do want to see Federian Mathis and how, um because, you know, he was held coming out of the draft as a guy who eats up double teams. And if, if that's the case, because it's not necessarily John Allen or De'Ron Payne's um, strong suit. I think they're better in the one tech and one gap and things like that, even though they wanted two gap, which is confusing mm-hmm. to me, um, yeah. or Sapp even spoke on it. But if that's the case, our linebacking play can improve just like that because he's going to be opening up gaps. Um, like we mentioned, Jamin um, Davis getting pancake left and right. Those guys will be so worried and being engaged with Federian Mathis that it allow him with his bad eyes to make plays, no matter how late he's making reads <laughs> and things like that. So um, throughout preseason, throughout training camp, um, the trend in the NFL is there always seems to be a couple breakout stars. Uh, Some guys that you may have talked about, but you didn't necessarily see this type of jump. Or some guys that just come out of nowhere throughout the weeks of camp and make plays um, in the preseason, a la Victor Cruz or things like that. Um, So if we had to pick somebody on this 90-man roster right now, who who would be your breakout star
1: in the 2022 preseason and training camp? It'll probably be somebody like Christian Holmes. Someone mm-hmm. we're not really talking about, right, like, the good-sized DB. I can see him making an impact in preseason games and in camp early, like with the Jimmy Moreland-type route, where he's making plays early and often. You saw him on a few highlights during the From mini camp, media, right? session. Yeah, he was making plays, and he seems to have good camaraderie and good communication he's with the big. guy. He's a big corner, bro huge bro he has good size and you know the league is trending toward those big size corner so I would say Christian Holmes if I had to pick one that's interesting that you
0: say that because I'm actually going to stick in the secondary and my breakout star coming out of cap is Percy Butler Mm. um the reason that I say that is because I think like you said I think that they have a plan for him in a multitude of ways and he's going to be able to showcase that in the preseason I don't necessarily think he's going to come in as a starter on the depth chart um so he's going to have opportunities um, and this is a guy who was, um, who was held as like a maven on the special teams, um, you know, throughout the draft process and things like that. So if he can ever get that going, and things like that, um, and then start making plays with that four three speed showing some sideline to sideline range. Um, But it's a lot of promise over there with Percy Butler. So we're running out of time. So I'm going to wrap up with a couple of more. I'm going to wrap up with a couple of more quick hits. And then I'm going to go ahead and get you out of here. Um, So um, Tay uh, Tay from the Tay and Todd podcast and I. Um, we actually we actually made the rounds around this time last year. We actually did some surprise cuts going into the 2021 training camp. And I'll never forget some of you guys like, oh, you guys are stupid. This will never happen because one of the names that we mentioned was Jimmy. Jimmy Moreland. Moreland. And, and, and <laughs> I'll never forget the victory lap that I took on Twitter that day. You know, <laughs> a, little more reserved, a little more quiet than me, but no, but no. So this is your opportunity because I want you to take this victory lap and we end up on the right side of this of this equation this year. Um who's your surprise cut? Um coming out of the 2022 training camp session? Mm,
1: surprise cut. Let me see. Let me see. Cam Sims. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and explain
0: why though while I think of a new one cuz you legit just took my ass go ahead go ahead and explain to the fans
1: why though. Because one our fan base, we herald him like he's Devontae Adams. And there comes a time where you just, like, we just don't need him on the roster. Like, yes, we need a big body presence in the receiving room. But, I mean, I don't, I haven't really taken the Kelvin Harmon thing too seriously, but they offer kind of the same skill set and, I don't know. I didn't hear too much about Cam Sims and minicamp and OTAs. And I keep telling guys, sometimes guys don't break out. He didn't break out in college when he was wide receiver six for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And he's been in the league, what now, six years? Mm -hmm. And while he hasn't got as much time as fans would have liked, he hasn't broken out yet. Maybe he's just not meant to break out. And that's just not his bag. Mm -hmm. It would not surprise me if he was a surprise cut this off season. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, so that was my answer. Honestly, you can tell with my raw reaction. <laughs> so if that happens, I'm going to go ahead and take that victory lap for you. So I just need <laughs> to think of a name really quickly. Um, And the name that I just thought of on the spot is Coxson. Um, and, and that would be, that would be a, a testament to the organization. Alex's man. <laughs> yeah, with the, with the trouble that we have at the linebacker position. Um, but you know, when he was brought in, he was held as like a special team maven, the best special team in the draft. Well, we bought in Percy Butler to do that, who runs faster than you. And I think that can contribute, um, on defense a little bit more than you. Um, we don't know if he's a safety or a linebacker. Um, he's a linebacker. That's about my size. I think I might be a little bit taller than him. It's actually, <laughs> um, a little bit ridiculous. Um, and he really just hasn't, you know, reach that potential that we saw um, coming out of Michigan. You know, he was labeled as the, the hit man. I haven't really seen him lay a big hit yet. haven't uh, Yeah, so um, that's that's where I'll go with uh, Khalid Hudson. All right, so to wrap up, way too early season predictions. What are your predictions? Um, give me anything, record, Carson Wentz stats, anything that you want to get off your chest. Uh, we got about four minutes left before All this. And right. so anything you want to get off your chest uh, for, you know, July. So it's a
1: way too early okay. season. Okay, I got you. I got you. Chase Young, double-digit sacks. Okay, for the season, I agree. Carson Wentz, over 4K, and the first quarterback to throw 30 touchdowns here in 55 years since Cerny Jurgensen. So Mm -hmm. I got 4K and 30 plus for Carson. 10 Mm -hmm. sacks for Chase. 1400 receiving yards for Terry McLaurin. Those Mm -hmm. are my three right there, bro. Let me get a let me get a record prediction. 11 and 6 I'm standing on it we've never seen it we've never seen 11 wins me and you have never seen with our two eyes 11 wins it. bro I'm ready to shed a tear of glory because it's happening in 2022 and we're going to play for the division week 18 versus Dallas is going to be for the division all right cool cool let's
0: hope. ooh oh you you started off a little spicy let me see if spicy. I can follow Don't that up let me see uh, so I'm gonna put a disclaimer with this one. Um, uh, If he plays at least 14 games, if he plays at least 14 games, Chase Young will have at least 15 and a half sacks. Uh, that's the same number that Nick Bosa had this year coming back from an ACL injury. You know Chase Young is like his little brother. I think that their careers are really going to marry each other. Heard booger? Heard huh? booger? 20 and I don't know. if It's 20 and the fourth fumble record. That'll be that'll be 20 sacks and 11 forced fumbles. I'm not sure if we're reaching there. But I think that uh, Chase is locked in. Uh, Some of the reports that I've heard, um, just, you know, through the grapevines and things like that, you know, I got a couple voices in that locker room. I've heard that uh, Chase is pretty locked in. So I think that when he returns, I don't think that he's going to start week one, but if he does play at least 14 games, I think he'll have a defensive player of the year type impact uh, Mm -hmm. because he's still the freakiest athlete on his team. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: Second, I agree with you. Terry, uh, Terry McLaurin, at least 1,400 yards. I might be pushing it towards 1,500 yards um hopefully he can show his deep threat ability um that he hasn't really shown since game 1 of his rookie year with Case Kingdom. He hasn't really had the opportunity to show it off since. He has a guy that can push the ball downfield and if he can show some of the run after catch ability that he did early in his second season, I think that he could get to that 1500 yard mark um easily. And then my third prediction, I'm going to try to go off the cuff with this one. Um hmm. Cole Holcomb makes the Pro Bowl this year. Woo! Wee! Cole Hogan makes the Pro. I mean, because he's talking crazy, talking about he thought he should have been a 91 on, on, on Madden. Madden. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> so that shows you that the confidence is there. And I think that, you know, him finally taking command, no pun intended, of that middle linebacker role. I think that he's serious about this season. I think he's ready to perfect his craft. And um, as far as the record prediction, I got us going 12 and 5. So we're pretty close. You Like yeah. I said, great minds think alike. Oh, my God. We
1: are setting ourselves up for major disappointment. disappointment. I believe it this year, bro. I genuinely believe this shit, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. So go
0: ahead and plug your stuff, man. Um, Like I said, the man, the myth, the legend, Rio Robinson. So go ahead and plug
1: your stuff before we get out of here. Deserve rambling with Rio <laughs> Robinson on YouTube, Rio underscore Robinson 91 on all social medias TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. We do this thing, man. You get if you pull up to any Washington events, me and Jalen will be there all year. Year two of season ticket holders, we in the same section now, gang, gang. Absolutely, absolutely. And like he said, we're there all season, so I'm gonna be giving
0: you guys fire content all season. So, be sure to keep tapping into our Instagram at @bleeding, BleedingBNG, B L E E D I N G, B N G, our Twitter, because we we love starting, we love stirring the pot over there on Twitter. So, if you like getting the pot stirred and mixing it up in some good combo about the commanders, check it out over on Twitter, B L E E D I N G, B L E E D I N B N G, excuse me. So, there's only one G in our Twitter handle. Be sure to like and subscribe this episode, and I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Yes, sir. Peace.